It's Real Talk with Raylene Chalinor, foster care and adoption. Hi, and welcome back to another Real Talk. I'm your host, Raylene Chaloner, and this is Real Talk with real people about foster care and adoption. And this week's Real Talk is with Lori Hernandez. And if that name sounds familiar, Real Talk listeners, it's probably because you listened to her daughter being interviewed last week, Lauren Hernandez. And I thought it would be great to have Mama Hernandez in here to kind of share her story with us. If you remember, Lauren was adopted from China at age five and then put up for adoption again at age 13. And it's Lori and her family that adopted Lauren when she was 13. So Lori, thank you for being here with me. Excellent. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to get the mama perspective. We got to hear from your daughter, Lauren, last week, and it was phenomenal. She was a little nervous, she said, but um, she did a great job. And um, really, her story really, truly is a God story. God has worked miracles in that girl's life. Yes, Yes. it's amazing. Okay, so just for those who may not have heard Lauren's story... um, you guys, if you haven't learned, if you haven't heard Lauren's story, you can go back to Real Talk Prescott and you can listen to that. But she was adopted at thirteen, and that was your family. That was our family that stepped that up summer. and did that. That's amazing. So, what I want you to do is kind of backtrack for us. I want to hear your guys's perspective on how you end up saying yes after you had already adopted two. Yes, and then you had three biological. And then you guys said yes to a 13-year-old. Right. How did you come to that decision? How did you end up adopting Lauren? So our first two children were were adopted internationally from Vietnam. And then I gave birth to three children. And we've always been very particular about birth order. Yeah. And so um, we really wanted to adopt again. But um, with five kids in the home, had no financial means to do that. Yeah. So we were trying to navigate that road and thinking we, um, our little girl was only three and that we would get an an under three. Yeah. Um, When a coworker of Dave's approached us and said, uh, they've also adopted, and they said, um, Hey, there's this girl, this family needs respite for their 13-year-old daughter. Things aren't going well. Would you guys be interested? And we thought, well, sure, we can do like a summer full of respite, like taking a girl in for a whole summer. That's no big deal because it's not permanent. Um, So we contacted the agency that was trying to set this up for them. And they said, oh, actually, it's not respite. They're actually looking for a new family for their daughter. Wow. Uh, um, So we kind of looked at each other funny and thought, well, let's just keep walking this path. It doesn't feel right. doesn't feel good. Yeah. Um, 13 is definitely out of, like, way out of birth order. Yeah. Our oldest two were 15 at the time. And so... We just kept walking and we just kept getting more information. We called the agency. We had a phone interview with her parents um, and and just kept learning. And God didn't close any doors. So even though it didn't feel great, it wasn't super comfortable. Yeah. He didn't close any doors either. Lauren had said that you actually had friends that were like, Lori, don't do it. Right. So Lauren had a diagnosis of reactive attachment disorder. Okay. um, And that was part of the foundational problem yeah. is that she was acting out particularly against mom in the in the, her previous family. Okay. And so um, the more we learned, and we had never heard, even though we've adopted internationally twice, we had no idea there were attachment issues. Like, we've never encountered that wow. until the reactive attachment came up. And yeah. so we started doing homework on it, and the more you learn about reactive attachment disorder, the scarier it is. Yes. And so we started interviewing people that um, had 
children with yeah. with rad uh-huh. um and yeah people would come up to us and say run away this is the worst <gasps> mistake you can you will ruin your family wow. i would never do that again i would never recommend it yeah well i interviewed a family here in our town with mm-hmm. a son with rad and i mean they they have to love hard with nothing in return Right. And that's what we were looking at. And out of birth order, throwing a 13 year old in the mix when our youngest is three. Yeah, it was. But God, again, never just just never closed any doors. Wow. And so we flew out to Indiana and visited with them. And she seemed like a little mouse, like just kind of hidden in a corner, really quiet, really shy, didn't Mm. speak until like she had permission to speak. Yeah. Was clearly put in her place, if you will, in a lot of ways. Uh Um, And so. My daughter and I then, my eight, my 15-year-old daughter at the time and I flew out to Indiana two months later and, and picked her up and brought her home. They signed, Her parents signed away their rights. Wow. And we brought Lauren home with us that day. Take us through that day, Lori. That, I mean, you're going to pick up a 13-year-old person you don't know. Right. Uh, it felt a little bit like the Twilight Zone. Yeah. So um, her parents picked us up at the airport and Lauren was in the car. We flew it. We had flown in in the evening. And yeah. so I can't remember. We might have gone out to dinner. And then they dropped us all three off at the hotel and very awkwardly said goodbyes to Lauren oh, and uh, and walked out the door. So here we are with a stranger, oh, <clears throat> my daughter and I, in, in a hotel room. And so I didn't sleep at all that night. I just no. laid there staring at the ceiling going, I, I can't believe this is happening. What am I doing? Yeah. Right? Oh, my so goodness. The next day, September 11th, we got on an airplane and flew back to Arizona with her. And um, she had been given a camera. And so it's funny to think back on that first, those first six months, um, her, her grandmother in Indiana had given uh-huh. her a camera and she took five million pictures, no oh, less. Did she? So she documented everything. Through wow. co- so in a way, she was kind of hiding behind a camera yes. and interpreting life a little bit, but it gave her that enough distance. And so we always joke because now we can go back and look through these millions of pictures of wow. everything that happened those first six months. Yes. Okay, so I'm still just baffled by the whole by this whole process. So you bring this precious teenager into your home. What I mean, what's day one like? Just getting her settled and meeting her siblings and right. So she we had sent her a family photo, so she mm-hmm. knew that we had Asian children. Um, so she, you know, we kind of joked and talked about the fact that she wasn't the only Asian kid in yes, our family, right? So she has God people that for her, yeah, that that look like her. And her yes. older sister is is only five foot tall, and so <laughs> she's like, wow. She just kept, wow, you're so short, you're so short. <laughs> so so we, you know, we there was a lot of laughter those first few oh, days, and we man. just. When a teenager walks in your life, like I don't, I didn't treat her like she was five. I just looked at her and I said, you know, when you need to brush your teeth, brush your teeth. If you need to take a shower, take a shower. Here's the laundry hamper. I'll wash your clothes when they're dirty. You know, and I just kind of automatically imparted a lot of um, maturity, I guess, in the situation. Yeah, some freedom and independence there. Yes. Um, We had all four girls sharing a room at that point in time. So, you know, here's your space and here's your dresser. And I think she just had, like you say, a lot more freedom than she yeah. was ever allowed yeah. to have before, right. would mm-hmm. be my guess. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Wow. And then, you know, mistakes were made the first couple months. I would say there's a there was definitely a honeymoon. I mean, we all got along yeah. really well, but some of the choices she made were challenging. Uh-huh. Um, and so 
uh, the first couple t- the first time it happened that night at, at bedtime I just said you know what darling tomorrow's a new day yes and you get to you get a whole new start tomorrow and you get to decide who you want to be do you want to be the person that you chose to be today mm. or do you want to be somebody different somebody different yeah and so I just kept trying to empower her to make those choices and I think ultimately 13 was a great age to do that at at 11 I don't think she would have had the capacity right and at 15 maybe you she would have been more jaded yeah but 13 she was moldable and Mm. beautiful and she did she just started making slowly but surely better decisions wow was really funny made friends right off the bat um joined our Bible quizzing program yeah and because she had been brought up in a church she knew a couple Bible verses so like Neat. she would surprise us all when she would know an answer to a question. And, oh, that's so um, great. Yeah. Wow. Lori, um, help us now understand you have Lauren now in your home, a routine, all of that sort of thing. Is there any processing for her of, of grieving her family from before? Yeah, or, very okay. regularly, usually in the car. Mm. So if we're in the car and we're driving... Um, anywhere mm-hmm. you know to drop a kid off if it's if it was just me and her yeah. it was a lot of talk um, okay. we talked a lot about her parents and mm-hmm. we um, processed even at the dinner table with everybody uh, we talked about you know we can't at that point we really couldn't understand why a family would find a new home for their child right. it was still pretty mind-boggling to us mm-hmm. but we didn't we didn't really re- want to hold it against them or judge them in any any harsh way yeah because we weren't walking in their shoes, but we talked about the fact that for us, adoption is forever. Yeah. And so that's how it, it should be right. is forever. And so there was just a constant reassurance of we're not going anywhere. Mm. You're not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. And then there were a lot of tears. She yeah. missed, she, you know, she didn't understand it and we really weren't able to um, interpret a whole lot. Right. Because I didn't know how much she knew about the tension in her previous home and yeah. how much had been shared with us. Mm. Um, but there were a lot of tears. She missed her dad in particular, but mm-hmm. her mom, uh, she still had a certain amount of closeness to her mm-hmm. previous mom. Mm-hmm. And we talked about that. Mm. Um, but at the same time, she recognized that her behavior was also very provoking. Okay. So when she would get a response, she would oftentimes provoke it again in the future then sure. um, in a maybe a type of revenge or something yeah so yeah so there's no contact then with the previous family for lauren we uh we've emailed them regularly she has emailed them over the years um every couple months she gives them a little update as to what's going on in our lives we started out doing maybe one phone call a year Mm -hmm. um and they were really respectful that we had said we want to cocoon and keep you know she needs to bond with us and um and so i the first year probably all the emails were for me but then we started giving that responsibility over to lauren to contact Mm -hmm. them um and now we call fairly regularly and yeah. and have an amazing relationship with them. Mm. Lauren's graduating high school this year. They're going to fly out to her graduation. So this will no. be the first time they'll have seen her in five and a half years. And wow. I always uh, picture in my mind the, the girl that they describe to us mm-hmm. and the woman that Lauren has become. Yeah. And I always think I wish they could just be a fly on the wall so mm-hmm. they could see how beautiful she has blossomed. Yes. And, um, and how... They are part of that. Yeah. You know, they raised her for eight years. Um, they are foundational in her life. And yeah. she recognizes that. Yeah, she really so. does. Yeah. 
Ah, uh, that, I mean, it's just a beautiful story. And so for, just for you as a mom and your mama heart, just share a little bit of, you know, your, your heart journey through watching Lauren and that sort of thing with us, just what the Lord's done or. The Lord has made me not as afraid of teenagers. Yes. <laughs> or, uh, I have teenagers in my house, but it's different when you've raised them yes. from small children to bringing strangers in to your house. Yeah. Um, so, but just to see, and I know that reactive attachment disorder is not something that you can guarantee heal. Right. And Lauren still is going to have hiccups in yeah. relationships with people. She still does. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were just joking about it at dinner time last night. Um, in fact, about when she someday when she gets married. Aww. So um, that'll still be there. But just to see the healing that he, God has brought and to see how I knew being raised in an orphanage for five years mm-hmm. and then being the baby of a family for eight years yeah. and coming into our family. Uh, you know, she learned to take care of our, her younger sister a good bit. But then when we started fostering mm-hmm. and particularly when we would have a baby, I mm-hmm. thought, God, she needs to see this. She needs to know yeah. how to raise babies mm-hmm. and how to raise children. And she is an, a phenomenal babysitter yes, and lover of children. She yeah. plays really well with them. She can still engage in, in pretend play. Oh yeah. My kids adore her. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so she has a real connection to other kids who come from hard places or yeah. who have, you know, just a certain specialness to them that mm-hmm. they don't maybe relate to a lot of people. Lauren can relate to them and, mm. and really come down, come into their level and yeah. in a special way. Uh. I love it. Your guys' story is inspiring and encouraging. And I hope whoever is listening is feeling that. I really do. I think um, you guys have blessed my heart and your daughter is a blessing to us. So, um, but with that Real Talk listeners, we've come to the end of another episode. So thankful for each and every one of you listening. And I hope that you've been blessed by this. Lori, thank you so much for sharing your time with us. Thank you for having me. It's just a great story. All right. It's been another episode of Real Talk. I'm your host, Raylene Challoner, and it's bye for now. It's time to join the movement. The movement studio in Prescott Valley will replenish what 2020 has sucked out of you. Take control of your future by making good choices. Dance fitness, karate, or maybe yoga, cardio, or body sculpting. Enjoy fun-loving, high-quality instruction while focusing on the whole body, whole mind, and whole family. Join the movement and take control of 2020. Call the Movement Studio now at 928-515-2919 or go to themovementstudiopv.com. Hey ladies, if you feel the need to truly connect with other women in our community, maybe the place is Culture Salon because it's all about the culture that makes each visit one that lifts your spirit. A salon on its own is just a building. It's what happens on the inside that counts. It's about so much more than just hair. Designer cuts, premium color, natural beaded row extensions, and more. Culture Salon, 1454 West Gurley or call 928-830-1325.